Welcome back to the Intermission Sports Podcast. The semifinals are all wrapped up, which leaves us with two great matches to end the tournament. Morocco will play Croatia for a third place match, and France are seated in the final against Lionel Messi's Argentina. Two fantastic matchups that we will cover in today's episode. I'm your host, Patrick Smitanka, and to help us cover today's podcast, we only have the best on our panel. We've got Julian Quintero, we have Abhinav Tirumala, we have Vincent Tran, we have Gaucha Gormu, and we have Dylan Goss. Six guys on a podcast. Fellas, how are we feeling? The tournament is almost over. It's been quite a journey. How are we feeling? And what they say, when you eat and breathe and live football, everything's going to be really intriguing. And quite frankly, despite the Cinderella runs we've had this tournament, we got two absolute behemoths of world football taking on each other in the final. This is going to be absolutely interesting as heck. Yeah, yeah. Two huge teams. It's going to be an incredible game. Abhinav, how are you? Me, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm really excited for this final. France and Argentina, two of the greatest teams in the world, right? And can Messi finally do it? Is Mbappe going to win two World Cups before the age of 25? The narratives are going to start turning. Overall, it's going to be pretty good. Yes, yes, it will. Galcha, welcome back. Feels good to be back. And I feel like I feel like we're all tired about for how long it's been going. And I feel like there's still that little bit of excitement left for the final. So I'm still pretty excited. Yeah, it's it's going to be some incredible matches. Vincent, welcome back. Good to be back, you know. Um, we got the final on Sunday. We got third place match coming up. Everything's winding down after a month's worth of football. And I'm just excited for everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're happy about this final. It was quite a nail-biting uh, Morocco France game that we'll we'll definitely discuss but yes France are in the final the boys are here Dylan last but not least how are you sir I'm doing great we had some great semifinal matches and I can't wait for the next two matches to begin I'm kind of sad that it's going to be over though yeah exactly yeah we're all, it's a feeling of excitement but also kind of sad this tournament has had so many games so many upsets we've had so much to talk about in all of these pods and now it just comes down to the last two games. So we're just going to come, we're just going to go right into it. We have the third place game. We're just going to start off here. We got Morocco, Croatia, both sides that some people really thought that they were going to make it in the final. Croatia not being able to remake that final run in 2018. And Morocco, unfortunately, having their dreams crushed by France. But to be honest, I feel like. Morocco have done so much in this tournament already that they should be really proud of what they've achieved and they can still come away with something that third place uh that third place is is still up for grabs right and you know anything can happen we've seen Morocco play against some of the giants so now they're going to play against Croatia who both these teams you know it could go either way I feel um Interestingly, if we look back at both the semifinal games, we saw that both squads, both Morocco and Croatia, played a very similar possession-based style. We'll get into that when we talk about Argentina and France, but it's going to be a rematch. Um, we've we've seen these two guys, we've seen these two teams in the groups uh, just a couple weeks ago. What do we guys think, Morocco, Croatia? Let's just get into it. Let's just t- touch on this before we get into the big topic of the final. Julian, start us off. Well, to keep it a bean, I want to come out here and say props to both of these nations. First and foremost, Morocco. This is the first African team to ever make a run to the semifinals. It's been an absolute amazing experience watching them on this journey. I think everyone here can agree with that. It's been such a nice heartwarming story. It's really nice to see uh, more and more nations 
advance in the World Cup. I think this might be one of the few world of first World Cups it feels like in a while where we really did have a lot of small nations or non-football heritage nations, quote-unquote, um, make it into the round of 16 and further. I mean, we saw Australia make it through for only the second time in their history. Japan went through and knocked Germany out. South Korea was able to make it out of the group stages as well. Morocco made it out. And we saw it was really fun, I would say, this World Cup. And Morocco definitely just highlights the absolute fun that we were seeing in this World Cup. So I want to come out here and give props to them. And likewise, props to Croatia. Croatia was a team that I will come out here, hands up, I'm going to say it. I thought they were going to disappoint. I thought they were not going to be as good. I had way too many doubts about their attack. I thought their defense was going to be slow. Even with Guardiola back there, I really thought it was going to be a defense that was going to be slow. I had questions about their goalkeeping. I'm like, how far can this midfield really carry them? And I got to mm-hmm. say, I was silenced. I got, I got, I got to keep it a bean, keep it a buck. I they came out here and and they surprised me. Guardiola proved that he really might be one of the best defenders in the world. Um, they had a really good defense that wasn't as slow as I thought it would be. Dejan Lovren had a really solid tournament as well. The midfield did their thing. And even though up top, they weren't as clinical as they could have been, they were still a lot better than I thought they were. And shout out Levankovic. He definitely stepped up for this team. So Croatia, the one thing that we need to say as well, and, and Mauricio Ponce, if he was here, I know for a fact he would be saying this as well. He would back me up, but Croatia is the one with the golden generation that Belgium has been hyped up for. I mean, they made a World Cup final. They're in a World Cup semifinal here, and they have so many amazing talents. I know for a fact that they're going to be written off as, oh, they were a miracle run in 2018. But I want to come out here and say, and I want it on record on the internet, that this is a team that 20 years from now needs to be remembered as an international dynasty, so to say, or just a golden generation that actually performed. Because you look at other golden generations like England and Belgium, they did not accomplish even a sliver of what this national team accomplished. So I need to give Croatia and Morocco their flowers. But about this game, let's keep it a bean. Who really cares that much? It's the third place <laughs> game. Everyone's focused on the final. It's just how it is. So I'm going to give a quick prediction. Essentially speaking, it's going to be the Group F All-Stars. And just to just to say how I think this game is going to turn out, I think they're going to be rotating a lot of players to minimize injury risk for a lot of these guys when they head back to their clubs so i'm just gonna say it's gonna be one nil morocco just because i think it would be nice to see them finish with uh the bronze medal of this world cup yeah julian you make a lot of good points there morocco and croatia proving to the similar underdogs of the tournament the rest of the teams that you know have had pretty good runs up until their their defeats that you know it doesn't matter if if like a one player has all the hype for a nation or like, or a team comes out there with, with all these superstars on paper, like, and the world cup literally can fall to any, any team. And unfortunately, obviously near the end quality matters over, you know, chemistry and, and, and the other factors that, that we, we talk about basically, but you're absolutely right. Morocco and Croatia. I don't see them starting a lot of players in this match because we already have heard it only in the last like week and a half. These clubs are coming in for these stars, the likes of Amrabat, the likes, the likes of uh, Livakovic, Amrabat getting linked to both Atletico and Barca only in the last week. Livakovic, after Neuer got injured uh, for Bayern on a ski trip, he's even in contention uh, to to get a transfer away. And 
other players well like Vardio, 110 120 mil rumors from manchester city already and that's after the argentina game where we'll talk about that on the last part we were really hyping up Vardio, and we thought that he was going to be the messy stopper but what he pulled on that on that pitch was just absolutely phenomenal but th- so the pressure is gone for these countries right they know they're not going to make it into the final are we going to see like respect minutes? Like I, I say respect minutes, but like minutes for players that haven't really seen a lot in this World Cup. Like, like what what do we think is like? What do we think we're gonna like? This is kind of what I'm asking. Like, what do we think is gonna happen in this game? I mean, Julian made the best point. It's not exactly that important in comparison to the final, but these teams obviously want to get a, like get away with something, and they have one more chance to. So, Galcha, like, what do you think? I feel like Morocco will go all out. Even though they have injuries, I feel like this is a special moment for them to reach this far. And getting a third place and marking that down in their history is something that I feel like they, they want to have. So I, even with that with the injuries, I think they're still going to try and get the win over Croatia because they tied with Croatia earlier in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. They, now they have a second chance to beat them for a third place medal that will never be forgotten for their country. So I feel like they will try full force while Croatia will be a little bit, a little bit on the back foot, on the back pedal. Because mm-hmm. like they already been here, they went to the final, and now they're in the semifinals. I don't think they'll take it as serious. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, unlike Croatia, who, like you said, they they were just in the final in 2018, right? And they have a lot of players that start for a lot of big clubs in Europe, and those European clubs, I'm pretty sure there might be some pressure being like, listen, there's no there's no point of going hard for a third place match, right? And 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 I know that a lot of people, a lot of players are probably going to think like, I don't even want to play in this if I'm not in the final. And that mentality might come through as well. So, like, why not have a bunch of younger players that, you know, just got the call up or, or older players, one of those experienced players that didn't get any minutes. I don't see why they couldn't, uh, you know, get some minutes there. Unlike the likes of Morocco when they played France in that last game and Sice started when he had an injury. He had an injury in the like two games before then. And they had, he got injured in their game against Portugal. And then he had to get subbed off 20 minutes you know, 20 minutes into the game against France. Like these are kind of injuries that clubs want to probably avoid, especially these players who have already proved what they're worth in the World Cup. Like Amrabat does not need to play in this next game. He he has been phenomenal this whole tournament and arguably in the team of the tournament, he has to be. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if like Fiorentina are telling him like, listen, like we got it. If we're going to sell you in January, we might as well you know, see you fully fit so we can get the most out of you if a player like that does leave. Um, but are there any other thoughts? I mean, we're not really going to highlight this uh, to such an extent, but Dylan, do you have uh, some additional things to add for this game? Uh, well, like you guys said, I think it's going to be a very close game. And I also think that we're going to see some new tactics from Croatia. They showed glimpses of what happens when they don't sit back against Argentina and then they easily got countered. Um, so, and then also with Morocco, as they're also a counter football team. Either both or one of the teams are going to play more attacking to get um, more of an edge against the other. Um, and Morocco, like last game against France, they had multiple chances to score against them, uh, which not everyone can say. So I think it'll be a close one goal difference game uh, between the two. And as both have good, great defense, although Croatia have been struggling to score in the knockout rounds, uh, they know how to defend apart from the Argentina game. So it'll be interesting to see how they come into the game tactically and mentally, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we've seen Croatia such a defensive stronghold, right? In 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 these past few games, so seeing Morocco play against a team that bases their game off of defensive style will be interesting to see if they open up. Like obviously, this is a time for 
you know, managers to try different strategies and stuff. It's it's an important game for for a lot of these players, and and in the essence of the whole tournament, like you obviously want to go out like guns blazing, right? But you also don't want to do too much. So you're right. It, it could it's it, we could see some new tactics. I I don't I don't disagree with you there. Um, but yeah, is any additional thoughts on uh, on this match, Vincent? Yeah, like like what Gal just said. I think. Morocco will be going all out for this game. Um, they've already achieved their highest finish ever, but I think they want to finish even higher. So finishing third place for them would mean so much more than Croatia, who have already achieved their highest finish last World Cup, finishing as runners-up. So I think it just means a lot more. And also um, uh, Luka Modric will not be playing probably because... Uh, we saw him coming off to a standing ovation last game mm-hmm. against Argentina. I think that's a great way for him to end his World Cup career with Croatia, you know, leading that team to second place against France and then to to pa- leading them past Brazil and um, uh, facing Argentina in the semifinals. So honestly, I think Croatia will just be rotating a bunch of different players, probably get some of their younger guys in get um, some minutes valuable minutes for them because even if it's like a somewhat meaningless meaningless third place match I think um, the World Cup experience is still something that is very valuable but uh, for Morocco I think um, for them they'll have like thousands of their fans in the stadium Mm -hmm. whether or not like they're not in like the World Cup final they'll still have a diehard fan base behind them They've got, they're pretty much representing all of Africa and the Arab world, which is honestly really great that the that whole side of the world is following them and supporting them. So um, they'll have that playing for them. And I think they'll, they'll be in for uh, their highest finish. Yeah. Um, as, as you mentioned, like the, the fan base for Morocco, every team that's played Morocco has felt like they've been in an away game. Like the, I, I think it was reported that in the France game they had like I think almost fifty thousand fans just from Vero- just from uh, Morocco. That is insane. That is like ridiculous. Like it just 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 to think that this like Morocco is not the host country, right? Um, obviously the the travel time is probably a lot less than than likes of France, of course. But still, like to see that support, to see people rallying for for their nation, like this is a big moment for them, especially. Um, Croatia, you know, I've been to the final and, and, and whatnot, but for Morocco, I feel like if any team is going to go out guns blazing, it's probably going to be Morocco. I feel like they're going to have more incentive to get that third place finish. Um, but on the topic of Modric, like think about these other like huge stars, like Brozovic, um, Modric and Kovacic who are after this, they're coming back and then what a couple, uh, league games and then right into the champions league Madrid have Liverpool, right? The last thing Mad- uh, Madrid want to do is lose a midfielder like Modric, who's coming off of an incredible World Cup, um, right? So, like, it, it makes sense that those you know, those types of players may be benched. But at the same time, I don't think the intensity is going to be as much as we saw in, in these semifinal games. So, to end it off, before we go into the predictions for this, I'm going to let Abinov say a couple things, and then uh, we'll go into predictions. I know we got Julian's already, but we're going to go through everyone quickly, and then we're going to... Yeah, we're going to go into the final. I mean, in terms of this game, right, like like you guys all said, it's not the most important of games. Like, it's not really what the majority of people care about, right? But I think for but I think for the fans of Morocco, right, especially like the Moroccan people, the Arab world, like you guys all said, 
this game will be more important for them than it will be for fans of Croatia because mm-hmm. we've never seen something like this before, right? Like you guys all said, Morocco, it is the first African nation to ever make it this far. And a lot, and for a lot of these players, this could be the pinnacle of their World Cup careers, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, because a lot of the players that uh, that are in that are playing for Morocco right now, right? For like, for example, Hakim Ziyech, he's 29 years old. Who knows? If, who knows if he'll get another chance like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yassine Bono, I believe he's 30 also. I think, and I believe Saïs is 29. So all these guys this could they're in the prime of their careers and they don't know if they'll ever get a run like this again so i think in terms of going all out i think morocco will actually do that right whereas for croatia like like you guys all said they've already been here once they don't need to prove themselves as much as morocco do and all these and all these players a lot of them they will be slowly transitioning out of the national team right you have the likes of luka Modric, 37 years old i think I mean, he's one. Of, I think I don't think this is that much of a hot take, but I feel like he he's one of the few guys who's actually been better after he turned thirty than before. Mm, that's right? that's yeah. That you're not like, too like, you're not too far off. That's that, that's a pretty good take, <laughs> right? And uh, and obviously you have uh, uh, Ivan Perisic too, who to this day is one of the most underrated players in the world and in terms of the Croatian national team. We always hear about Luka Modric and the midfield and. In previous tournaments, we also heard about Mario Mandzukic and his clutch goal-scoring prowess. But I feel like Paris should get a lot of should get a lot more love than he should. This could potentially be his last tournament too, mm-hmm. and uh, because he does play for Tottenham, right, in a critical role, I don't think he will be also uh, playing in the final either. Like this basically felt like the old man Logan run for a mm-hmm. lot of these Croatian players, and good for them. I mean, it's a country of four million people who beat who mm-hmm. beat Brazil, which is arguably the greatest footballing nation in the world yeah and i guess uh for if you want predictions i'll go 2-1 morocco 2-1 morocco for Abinov. 2-1 morocco yes yeah and and to what you said these guys you're right there's experienced players that most of them are underrated in in club football as well like a lot of these a lot of these players unlike the likes of modric who has got his flowers with the ballon d'or and champions league winner like we, we we know the class that he's got right um, but you're right. The likes of Perisic and 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 these other guys like Brozovic, they they deserve to get this far into the tournament, and they deserve all the credit that they get because they have been fantastic and they've been the workhorse behind Croatia's successful run, beating the likes of Brazil exactly like that in in itself is an incredible achievement, knocking one of the favorites, if not the favorite of the tournament, um, in the in the quarters, right? So okay, so two one Morocco, okay, Galcha. What do we think um, is gonna what do we think I'm is gonna think, happen? I'm thinking it's gonna be one nil for Morocco. I think they get this third place medal and I feel like they're gonna celebrate it like no tomorrow. They're gonna celebrate yeah. like it was a World Cup. Yeah, so, yeah they I should think they're gonna take it. Why yeah. wouldn't they? They should Obviously. yeah, it was a yeah. big achievement. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so one nil Morocco. Dylan, what do you think? Well, it really does depend on who fields or who takes the field if uh, Croatia does want to bench their star players. If they don't, I think it would be 1-1 and it goes to pens. And if they do, then I think I think uh, Morocco also wins 1-0 at full time. Yeah, Morocco are a side that definitely like thrive off of like low-scoring victories. So I don't doubt that the 1-0 predictions here are coming out thick and fast because they are they are a team that that plays, you know, 
in a sense that they're not throwing everything in the kitchen sink at, at the other defenses, right? Because they're usually the ones on the back burner. Um, but we'll we'll discuss how they played uh, later on when we talk about the France game. But first, Vince, what do we think? Morocco or Croatia? Who's taking this? I think uh, I think Morocco's got this. I'm gonna say two nil Morocco. Um, I think maybe they can find that that finishing edge and be ruthless in the final third. I think they showed a lot against France, so maybe they they take their chances well against Croatia. So I'm gonna say two nil for them. Two nil Morocco. So we got five five predictions all for Morocco. I'm going to have to be the only devil's advocate here. I, I should say on the record, I want Morocco to win. I, I think I think they will because they have more to put on the line and, and they're going to have they have more incentive to to get that third place and to gain something even even further than there's their semifinal exit. Right. Um, but I think just to put a prediction out there, I'm just going to say two one Croatia full time. I don't know if uh, what what Dylan was saying right right before this. If they put their starters on there, we know how class Croatia are, and they they obviously kn- know how Morocco played. They've played them once already, right in in the groups. So maybe if they come out and they and they they it all depends on their starters is is what I'm trying to say. And and I do think that if they do play their starters, I do think and just to be devil's advocate, not to have a full Croatia uh, full pro Morocco panel here, I think it'll be two one Croatia. And uh, yeah, but now let's get on to the juicy stuff. Final match, Argentina, France. We're going to split this into two different categories. So we're just going to talk about Argentina and their basically like all the facts about them to start this off. And then France, Messi is is in the final once again. Okay, he was there 2014 against Germany and that didn't work out for him. But he's got one game left. He's got one game left to be crowned potentially the GOAT. Is that the GOAT debate done if he does win it? Who knows? Uh, they had a very convincing win against Croatia. Um, surprisingly, I mean, we can talk about the penalty decisions and and the lack of defensive awareness for that second goal with Alvarez. But regardless, the Messi penalty was phenomenal. He has been unstoppable in in, in all the penalties he's taken this tournament. Cough, cough, Chesney. Um, still the only keeper that has saved a Messi penalty in this tournament. And uh and we also saw like other players that that just capitalized and they, and they were just fantastic throughout the whole tournament. Alvarez needs his needs all the praise he can get. Somehow this guy plays behind Erling Haaland at Man City. We we talked about that before, but he he has been fantastic for Argentina. And yeah, let's just get into this. Our pro Argentina fans, we got we got a couple in this in this uh in this panel right now. I'm gonna lay it off. Who wants to start? Argentina. Do we do, do we think Lionel Messi will finish this goat debate on Sunday? Galcha, go ahead. First of all, I would like to say the goat debate was already decided for a long time, and he's already the goat. Okay. But the the World Cup is just something else that to just put the cherry on the top for him, and I feel like this is such a crowning moment for him to be like to solidify his legacy, and he could even retire if he wants to on the if he wins. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter because that would be the last thing that everyone wanted him to do and wanted him to prove. But now it's like, if he wins this, that's it. There's nothing else to do for him. But overall, for example, the Argentina performance against Croatia is something that it showed that they have two styles of play. They have possession-based games, like, for example, against Poland, against Australia, and uh, against Netherlands for a lot of the match. But what they did against Croatia was something that 
we didn't see that much where they sat back, they gave Croatia possession. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I said last pod, a lot of last podcast was that Argentina were probably play with a 4-4-2, which they did. And they overloaded that yeah, they Croatian did. midfield. And then it allowed them to have counterattacks like the Julian Alvarez one. Poor defending, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yikes. But yeah, anyways, it showed like that that they have that mentality to do anything and anything possible to win. So I feel like it's a good sign for them going into the final. So I think France have to be careful. Yeah, Scaloni definitely has had some part to play in this Argentina run. He's been able to match the tactics against every team that he's played against. And we were talking, right, we, you did say the last in the last pod that a 4-4-2 would be the ideal counter against Croatia and we just saw it unfold. I, I really was back in Croatia in that last game in in that in uh this this match because I thought that they might have had that that experience and that that basically that that level of understanding of being in a position like this um where they would be able to capitalize against a potentially pressured Argentina side. However, that was not the case. It looked like Gavardiol and the lads decided that uh, they were just going to have a day off because some of the some of the goals were were rough. I mean, the the Livakovic penalty to start off. It's heavily debated. Some people think that, you know, Alvarez, you know, ran into Livakovic or vice versa. Livakovic tried to um, stand his ground and he tackled him regardless. That's. Uh, well, however, whatever way it happened, Messi got the goal at the end, and uh, and yeah, Argentina showed that they can alter their entire team and their entire formation. They have the players to play in different positions, and they they can adapt. And adaptability is something that we have been re- repeatedly talking about throughout this whole tournament. And we saw the we saw Argentina do that in the best of ways. They've managed to play in a three back for a couple times this tournament. They've played a four four two, a four three three. They, they know how to use all these formations. And with Messi running the whole show, and it looks like anything can happen. This team looked unstoppable against Croatia. And definitely in that second half, I thought it was done. Um, even with 39% possession, which we're going to talk about how both teams, France and Argentina, had less than 40% possession in their matches, but they managed to capitalize. And capitalizing and adaptability are two things that you know, are pretty important in this tournament, and we, we, we've we seen that. However, are there any weaknesses from this last game? Like, I, I, it looks like Argentina, it's it's all the win for Messi. It looks like all their, all their players are clicking. Everyone is, everyone is, everyone is working as hard as they can to, to supply Messi and vice versa. Messi has really been pulling the strings, especially in that last game. L- let's just talk about that third goal, okay? Messi is on the touchline near half, runs with Guardiola, takes him all the way to the line, and then he manages to spin him one more time and then squares it to Alvarez. What do we think of that goal? Do we think that this is Messi's turn? Like, do we think that Messi will have a huge part to play in this final? I know that might be a stupid question, but how is that? Is that going to bite them? Them relying on Messi? Can Messi? Can France stop them in this sense? Like, like what? What's going to happen here? Ah, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. (laughs) It's time for me to specify the one point that I've mentioned time and time and time again with this Argentina national team. 
And I wasn't noticing it a lot before the tournament, but since the Saudi Arabia game, I have seen it in full force. And I think France might even recognize it. For those of you who have not listened to the pod and don't know what I'm referencing, it's the messy carry me mentality. Argentina, for the large part, after 2006, when they realized that they had a player like Lionel Messi, like Lionel Andres Messi, to carry them, they realized we don't actually need to play like a team when we have a player like this that will pull something out of nothing to completely save and carry our side. And that's something that we've seen them do at every major tournament, every Copa America. You look at 2014, Messi was doing what he's been doing so far this entire tournament. He was carrying the team. You look at 2010, he did what he could. In 2018, he tried it. And what happened? They got knocked out on the round of 16. Argentina, up until about two years ago, were completely on the Messi carrying mentality. And two years ago, they realized we have other talent that Messi can be a guy to support them. And we saw Argentina go on that 36-game unbeaten run. They were one of the best teams in the world. They were a fantastic side. But what happened? They lost to Saudi Arabia because they started trailing. And they couldn't figure out what to do now that they were trailing because they hadn't been trailing in about 36 matches. They had no idea how to cope with that. And since then, what did they do in the tournament? They reverted back to the old style of thinking, the Messi carry me mentality. And don't get me wrong, Messi's been doing his job. He's been amazing this tournament. As you said, he had an insane pass to Julian Alvarez. He scored, and any opportunity you've given him, he has been clinical in doing what he can do. But, again, it's that mentality that'll ruin Argentina. And I said it, I said it in the quarterfinals podcast, when they played against the Netherlands. So I'm going to say it again here. If Argentina go on to the back foot against France, expect them to flounder because that mentality of Messi carry me works really well when you have defenders and you have players around you that'll be able to adapt to defend and play rough and make sure that you can hold the lead. But if you don't have the lead and you need to push forward, they have the they have the players to do it. Julian Alvarez, I want to give him his props. He's been fantastic this tournament. But as managerial aspects go and the way this Argentina team's been playing this tournament, if they start trailing in this match, that messy carry me mentality is going to be apparent. So I just want to put it out there. I'm not going to give a prediction. I want to talk about France as well. I have thoughts on them as well. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I need to say for people is people think this Argentina team is firing on all cylinders and that everyone's performing. You're correct. They are doing well, but that's only because they're the ones to get on the score sheet first. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they have Messi playing out of his mind. If I'm France, if I can lock up Messi for just the first 45 minutes of the match, first 45 minutes, if I can, if I can contain him just for that bit and get one goal, I think that you could feel comfortable in that second half and say, we are the ones controlling this match. I know a 1-0 lead obviously isn't safe. Argentina's an electric Mm -hmm. side. France is still a good side. Hell, uh, until the Morocco game, France uh, had conceded in every single match that they have played at this tournament. So there is that aspect. But Argentina mentally is now stuck on the messy carry me mentality. And if they want to win this game through and through, They have the talent to do so. Play like a team. 
don't have Messi. Messi can do his miracles. Don't just play through Messi. You have playmakers around the pitch. Use them, for Christ's sake. Because when you use them, you're virtually unstoppable. You went 36 games without a loss. You should not have changed that mentality just because of a match against Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you, you make a good point. Like a lot of these and a lot of these matches, like the minute Argentina score the first goal, it seems like they just click and, and they just start firing and they start playing un- incredibly beautiful football. However, most of these most of these matches have started with a goal from a penalty. And I don't mean and I'm not trying to stir anything or, or, or say anything, you know, specific. However, We've seen in in a lot of these games, especially for for other countries that have like a one big kind of Messi esque player, the likes of Brazil with uh, with Neymar, right? Like, so I mean, I'm gonna call say Poland in here because I watch their games attentively. Lewandowski with Poland. The minute you cover a player like that, you kind of cut off all the supply lines for the rest of the attack. However, we've seen every team try to cut like like try to cover and press Messi. But even three or four guys around him does not do anything. He he is he's playing in the form of his life, and he is in, he is literally incredible. I, it's it's actually like annoying at times watching a player that good, it, and it it reminds me of a lot of of Mbappe, another player that that we will we will talk about. Like Mbappe is like one of the only wingers nowadays that you know for a fact the minute he presses a wing back, he has a good chance of getting of blasting right by him. And whenever Messi has the ball, it's the same feeling. You're like, well, whatever happens now, he could literally take the ball from half, as we've seen. Uh, we were talking about 100 million Gavardiol, incredible defenders. Like, and he has been. And and to be honest, this game doesn't take away from his whole tournament. He deserves all the respect he's got, he's got because he's he's he has been an incredible tournament in club and country now for the last two seasons. However, a player like Messi's caliber makes you think that anything can happen. He is he he has that class. He has that talent. So what what would be the tactic then? Because I I know that Julian just said that we should like France should cover Messi and, and find a way to stop him, but like is there a way? Is there any way, Galcha? I like that you talked about the carry me mentality, but I feel like Argentina can create without Messi. Because for example, for the sec- the first uh the first goal for the penalty, Messi is the one who uh, who got followed by I think Guardiola, and he he tried to follow Messi, and then that created space for Alvarez to cut through. And Enzo Fernandez found the pass through to the through to 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 get to yeah. the net. And I feel like if they focus too much on Messi, they'll leave space for other players like Alvarez, Enzo Fernandez, McAllister, a lot of players that could hurt France if they're not paying attention. So I feel like it will be an issue if they if they always revert back to Messi. But I feel like too much of a focus on Messi will cause problems for France in the defending. See, that's exactly what the logical person would think. They have the talent to do that. That's what I was saying. But my my issue isn't isn't do they have the talent to do it? They have the talent to do it. Alvarez is amazing. Dybala off the bench. You look at Papu Gomez, who hasn't really featured much, but he can do something. Enzo Fernandez has been in phenomenal this tournament. You have guys coming up in Acuna that have been good. Montiel from right back has been great as well. This team has the options to create without Messi. Mentally, though, they just don't usually. 
They need Messi to pull a defender one way to actually act on something. They need Messi to make a pass so they can actually score. They need someone to fall in the penalty box so Messi can score the penalty to get motivated to keep going. The issue for this Argentina team, from what I was saying, isn't that they don't have the talent. They most definitely do. They just refuse to play without just running through Messi. And the second you cut that off, they get panicked and don't know which way to go. I see what you're saying there, but for example, the Poland game, when Messi missed the penalty and he didn't like he didn't start off as good. Well, he had a good game, but he didn't start off as good. They rallied back and they they scored two goals to to hmm. save him and save their team to qualify for the next round as first. Fair. Fair point all around. I got I got I gotta give props for <laughs> yeah. fair point where it's all around, but I'm just saying, Argentina likes reverting to that. So if they're able, if they remember, oh, crap, we actually have playmakers that aren't named Lionel Messi. <laughs> they're going to be fine. And France is going to be screwed if they focus on Messi. But. but at the same time, let's talk about France's attack. Because we can talk all about how many goals Argentina can 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 carry with Messi. However, they are pretty sloppy at times we've seen we saw both Otamendi and Romero get yellow cards in this last game we know how you know rough uh Paredes and DePaul play when they're uh um when when, when they're in that midfield right however and and Gaucho just talked about the Poland game and of course as much as I'd love to say Poland have incredible quality unlike France France actually have that that experience and that that talent to 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 such a degree um abinov go go ahead if we're going to talk about the france attack right the first the first thing we got to say is props to olivier Giroud. i think he's been proving everybody wrong this tournament right and honestly i know that there's rumors of kareem benzema coming back but i feel like the team actually plays better with Giroud than with benzema and like, because Benzema is undoubtedly the better player. I don't think anybody will say otherwise. But mm-hmm. unless you watch Giroud's YouTube compilation. But other <laughs> than that, right? It's undoubtable that Benzema is the better player. 44 goals last year, Ballon d'Or winner. We all know. Mm-hmm. And we all know his resume. But the last time this France team played with Benzema instead of Giroud at a major tournament was Euro 2020. And they didn't really look that great in any of their games, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. I think, and and I think that's the one thing. It's the one crutch that France has, which they can rely on. That even if they don't play what they play that well, they're just so much more talented than almost any other team on earth, bar maybe mm-hmm. Brazil. That they that, that they can just find a way to get ugly wins. And with this attack, and with this attack especially, right? Mbappe he has been kept relatively quiet. Yeah, in, in that last game. Yeah, and in the tournament he, too. Yeah, and in the game against England, especially because mm-hmm. Kyle, I think Kyle Walker is probably one of the two, one of the two fullbacks on earth, him, uh, with uh, Kyle Walker and Ashraf Hakimi, who can actually keep pace with Mbappe. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Argentina, they don't have a guy who can do that. So if you give him, so if you give Mbappe a little bit of space, right? I think he can. I think he's going to be able to cause a, cause major damage for this team. In, uh, and uh, same thing with Usman uh, Dembele on the right side. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think ultimately, I'm not sure if I trust Argentina's full, uh, if I trust Argentina's defense enough 
against the likes of Mbappe and uh, against the likes of Mbappe, Dembele, and Olivier Giroud. Because in the air, right? Who is Argentina's tallest uh, tallest center back? I, I believe it is it's either Romero or Otamendi, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of those guys are that much of a match for Olivier Giroud in the air. So I feel like Giroud's play will be very key to this game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, right. Cause most of the, cause I think uh, Mbappe and uh, Dembele, I think the midfield main priority will, will be focusing on them. Mm-hmm. And because, because obviously their wingbacks will push up, but I think the center backs have to be very careful with Olivier Giroud because this guy just needs one inch of space and he can create, and he can either create an opportunity for somebody to score by himself. And I mean, we saw it at the last world cup, right? This guy had zero mm-hmm. shots on target yet. He's uh, yet. He was one of France's most important players. So I think yeah. that's something we've got to watch out for with that French attack. Yeah. You make a good point. The, uh, Argentina don't really have a wing back that will be able to match the likes of Mbappe's pace or maybe the dribbling of Dembele. Right. However, we did see that they adapted in their Netherlands game and they ran a three center back formation with two wing backs, which is something that we didn't think was even going to happen um, just because we haven't seen that in any of these matches before. Right. So maybe right. it's the maybe maybe if they overload that, like maybe adding a third center back, you know, bringing Lissandra Martinez in with Romero and Otamendi, who have been solid for Argentina up until this point, and then spreading that wide play and keeping, you know, keeping the depth in, in, in like the defense like maybe that'll be the way that they counter them however you're right it's, it's going to be it's a very difficult like match to, to 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 speak upon because both teams have their fair share uh, fair share of weak uh weaknesses in the defense right. and this this can go in any any sort of direction uh dylan go ahead well yeah i was just going to say on that topic uh people might not agree with me but France's defense is very overrated in this tournament. Multiple times throughout the tournament, they've made so many mistakes. We even saw in the England game how many mistakes they did. Even last game against Morocco, multiple times they left gaps in their defense. Morocco played one through ball and they're through. They just couldn't find the finishing touch. Kanate, three yards away from the line, clears it, uh, and it would have been a goal. Mm-hmm. Kunde off the line, cleared the ball. Then the bicycle kick, unfortunately, hit the post. So with France's defense, I think Argentina are going to be able to take advantage of that and well just like France as, as well with Argentina's defense so it really will come down to the attack and how good they can tactically come into the game yeah yeah and and you're not far off by saying that France has a pretty overrated defense considering the names that they've got we've but we have seen them pull off some pretty good tackles like the likes of Konate who started over Upamakano of an illness uh, in that last match that that's one of the topics I want to talk about in in this pod. I wish Maurizio was here because I know that he was a big advocate for Konate, of course. However, we've seen Opamakano. Some you know, it's it's been a decisive argument. Some people think that he has been reliable in this tournament just because of his his ball playing ability and his distribution. However, for the defensive solidity, we just saw the performance Konate had just produced, and that was honestly, I think he was he might have been better than Varane in that last game. Um, and especially Kunde at right back. These are players that are, that have that defensive capability. However, they do slip up at times. We've seen, you know, the likes of uh, Tituameni, who um, 
who has had all the praise in this tournament. He started every, like almost every single France game, and he needs to be starting, I think, against Argentina. And he has that class, obviously playing for Real Madrid and having an incredible season with Monaco uh, last year. However, it it comes to that like sloppiness and that 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 one mistake that you can make that Argentina is able to capitalize. And who is going to capitalize more than any other player on that pitch? Lionel Messi. And that is just how we've seen uh, it throughout the entire tournament. So do we think in, in the likes of, if we're talking about the, the French defense now, do we see Hernandez, uh, Konate, Varane, Koundé? Do you think Konate, I mean, do you think Upa Makano deserves to get in that uh, setup? Abhinav, go ahead. I think uh, Theo Hernandez, his defensive play will, I don't want to say it's going to be the only key, to France winning this game, but it'll be one of, if not the most important factors in France, uh, in uh, France's uh, potential victory. Because if you look at who he's going to have to, who he's going to have to go up against, he's going to have to go up against, uh, uh, go up primarily against Lionel Messi from around that right side. And I, I personally just do not trust Teo Hernandez defensively in a situation like that. I think if uh, if France had a player. A very good defensively sound left back. I wonder. I wonder who I'm. I wonder who that could be. Right? <laughs> I want if they had if they had a guy who could who could, could do something like that. I think he would be the perfect player for a match like this. And mm-hmm. and I've said that before. And even even in the Morocco game, the French defense overall they they've gotten lucky a few times. We saw Lloris have to make a lot of excellent saves just for them to stay in the game. We also had to see. Uh, we also had to see the goal line clearances like Dylan mentioned. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for France, they don't really have any other options but to start Theo Hernandez. Yeah. Because Lucas Hernandez is injured. Ferland right. Mendy isn't in the team. And they, they don't have any other choice. So, and in the case of Upe Mekano or Konate, I, don't, I think that's more clear than people are making it up. I think they have to, have to go with Konate. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I, I, I definitely think he deserves it. I mean, not only did he play excellently in the Morocco game, but just in terms of the just in terms of the way that this that this game will probably be played, I think that France will France will most likely press and uh, will most likely go hard until they get that first goal and then defend. You know, in classic Didier Deschamps style. But and if you want to just def- and if you want to sit back and, and defend and wait on the counter, I think that. Konate is ultimately a better choice just because he does have the pace and he is defensively more solid than Upe Meccano. And his ball playing ability, it's not close to the level that uh, Upe Meccano's is, but it's not exactly terrible either. And mm-hmm. they still do mm-hmm. have Varang and they still have Tua Mangi and either Fofanga or Rabio, depending on Rabio's health, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, again, Griezmann in the form that this, in the form that he's been, he, we could probably see him in the middle of the defenders and then and then 30 yeah. seconds and then what two minutes later see him score the goal so yeah. i think that overall konate has to start and theo hernandez needs to be on, on top form in this game right right and what you just mentioned with griezmann how good was griezmann in that last game i mean the guy does not i mean we're not going to stop praising him he has been phenomenal for france one of their most underrated players you know getting assists, winning winning the ball back, starting counterattacks. He might be one of the keys that, that France will look for um, against uh, against this Argentine side. Um, do, do we think that uh, that Griezmann will be, you know, an important key, Vince? 
Definitely. I think Griezmann's been one of France's, if not the best player for France at this tournament so far. Um, he's been the guy pulling all the strings, doing all the d- dirty work, all the things that um, you normally wouldn't see him doing, but he's been stepping up and doing it all. I think um, for Argentina, the key is to shut him down. If you can stop Griezmann, I think it will cause France a lot of issues. I don't I don't see them um, progressing the ball as well if, if he's tied up with like DePaul or, or Paredes or whoever. So okay. that'd be um, crucial for Argentina to stop. But um, on the point about France, I think an underlying theme with Didier Deschamps through the times is France really haven't been um, impressive throughout tournaments, but we've seen them make finals. We've seen them even win. At 2018, I can't really say there was an extremely impressive performance. Maybe the game, the round of 16 game against against Argentina, that was probably one where they turned it around, but they just kind of like coast and then they end up winning. So his mm-hmm. the way Deshaun says his guys up is, it may not be pretty. It may not be the way that we all expect France to play, but it gets results. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that would be important for France is just to, um, uh, they need to, the defense, yeah, it really hasn't been good. They've only kept one clean sheet and barely doing so against Morocco. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to step it up big time, especially, I mean, I don't see France stopping Messi, but if you can stop the guys around him, like who can mm-hmm. really stop Messi? That guy's yeah. just insane. But if you can limit the chances that Argentina gets and then hit them quickly on the counter with Dembele and Mbappe, I think things could open up big big for France and that would be very important for them. Yeah. I uh and honestly I, I feel like there is this like idea about France because they have so many notable names and so many big players that everyone expects them to play like beautiful football and they need to be dominating every game and there's no way they're going to lose. But at the end of the day, like these players individually, when they're playing t- together, they're playing under Deschamps and they're playing under his tactics, right? All lo- and, and, and that being said, like a lot of these teams have been proving themselves in the World Cup, the likes of Morocco and, and Croatia. They have shown that they deserve, like these aren't teams that are just going to get knocked out easily, Right. Unfortunately, Switzerland, but I mean, in any other case, like, like these teams are, ha- have the talent and have the build to, to take down, uh, like the likes of France, but they haven't in this tournament. And, and you're right that like this, the way that the French play isn't going to be fantastic, but they're, they're winning and they've gone and they're in the final with, with or without all their injuries that they have. And speaking of injuries, I wanted to talk about this rumor that was going around Kareem Benzema injured before the tournaments is rumored to be ready and he could be at that final on Sunday. What do we think of that Vince? Like what do, do we think that, I mean, there's no, I, there's no chance that Benzema is going to be in that starting 11. However, off the bench, maybe if he's even there at all, I mean, these are just rumors, right? Well, I will have to shoot down those rumors because I do not think Benzema will be playing. I don't even think he'll be in Qatar. I think Madrid has allowed him to move or to go to Qatar. The president, Emmanuel Macron, has invited him to be with the squad, same with the French Federation. But who knows if he's even going to take up that that offer. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be there. I think that's just a rumor once again. We saw it like a couple weeks ago. Oh, is Benzema going to play? I think he's not. It's just <laughs> it's just too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last thing France needs is a... I don't want to say Benzema's a distraction, but the last thing they need is for someone like his caliber just coming in and maybe that will shift mm-hmm. their mindset a bit and change it. So that's honestly the last thing they need. Um Benzema, I mean, if he does come, he'll be in the stands supporting his his guys. Maybe he'll be on the pitch because he's technically still a, a part of the squad. If if France right. wins, he'll be. <laughs> if France wins, he'll be uh, maybe on the pitch taking up a winner's medal. But mm-hmm. you know, I think this is just a rumor. Nothing's gonna happen out of this. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate that he did end up missing this tournament. He would have been incredible, but it also gave room for the likes of Giroud to flourish and and then to, to play as well as as, as he played right Abnav. uh i think for like the whole benzema thing right like vince said i don't think they need him honestly i think the only way that benzema plays in the plays in this final is if france are up 2-0 and they have one substitution left in the 120 in the 90th minute right just kind of as like just kind of as like a respect thing for all that he's gone through with the national team and everything like that mm-hmm. and we're, and we were talking about Didier Deschamps and his style early, er, er, earlier, right? I think one of the biggest proponents of why Deschamps is able to get results out of the spell is just because of who he is as well. Like, and we also talked about Griezmann, right? When, when, Didier, when Didier Deschamps played, he was never the flashiest player. Mm-hmm. Even, and even, uh, even for her, all his club teams, he was, he was okay. He wasn't anything special, right? Mm-hmm. But whenever he put that France shirt on and he had that captain's armband, he turned into one of one of, if not the best defensive midfielders uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a, and there has to be a reason that of all those talented individuals, right? You had Zidane, you had Robert Pires, you had, you had Thierry Henry. There's a reason that Didier Deschamps was the one who lifted the World Cup. Yeah, and I think and and he's also one of the two guys to win the World Cup as both a player and manager and captain. So mm-hmm. the fact that somebody with this much pedigree and leadership skills and just aura i guess is leading is leading this french team even if the players aren't necessarily happy with the style they play mm-hmm. i think because of his pedigree they have belief in his style and in in Deschamps period and as we've seen belief in a manager is really really important especially for international games of course like, yeah like we've seen what happened with uh sven goren erickson for england right mm. Like there's a time where England didn't even qualify for the Euros. So, and Roy Hodgson in Euro 2016 is another example. Mm-hmm. So I think belief in a manager is really important, and I think Didier Deschamps is the perfect example of that. And this is alleged. This is rumored to be his last run with the mm-hmm. French national team. So obviously he'll want to go out on that high. And I yeah. think that also is going to play a huge factor in this too. No, if if he if if France managed to win back to back uh Deschamps and that whole team will will be remembered it's it hasn't been done in over like 60 years I think the last time was was with Pele in Brazil so it's 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 quite a feat we and especially Mbappe the 23 year old this there's there's a ton of significance between who wins this game well in one way we'll see Messi finally win his world cup right in another we see Mbappe potentially the you know flourishing he's already he's already one of the best in the world if he wins this World Cup and continues to play at this level for the rest of his career, I don't see why you wouldn't be putting him in the same breath as Messi and Ronaldo in like 10 years. 
well, obviously yeah. not right now, but like to that degree, like we haven't seen it. We have like, it's only rare that we see a player like this, like be as good as he is against defenders and, and be both great at, you know, club level and um, national team. Right. Um, Julian, go ahead. Um, so since we're on the topic of where does Mbappe stand, especially so early in his career, it's going to sound really out of pocket <laughs> off the dome. But would Mbappe be better than R9? Think about it. I know you guys are, everyone just made a face. Everyone just made a face like this guy's <laughs> insane. But look at it this way. If Mbappe wins the World Cup on Sunday, he's what, 23 years old? He would have two World Cups, be one of the most prolific scorers ever already at the age of 23 and still have miles of his career ahead of him. You look at someone like R9, who was insanely good, this good even, at the start of his career before injuries completely derailed his career. We know Mm -hmm. how good R9 was, but most of it was the work that he did at the start of his career and the fact that he won the World Cup in 2002. Mm -hmm. Would it really be as outlandish to say that with two World Cups under his belt, and being so good at club level with scoring, would it really be outrageous to say that Mbappe has not has reached the level of R9 as a striker historically? I think you got to give him a couple more years. I think unless he starts to unless he wins a Champions League, unless he makes a big move to like Real Madrid as as they've been as they've been saying. I mean, okay, that's nothing to, to take away from how good Mbappe is, right? Like he is, he is one of the world's greatest attackers, one of the most threatening, if not the most threatening striker in the world right now. I feel like it's way too early. And and, and that's why I even like, I even, don't, I didn't even want to bring up the fact that, you know, the likes of the conversation of Messi and Ronaldo, and then we're bringing Mbappe into this. But if he wins a second one and he's only 23 years old, he's got a couple more like ahead of him potentially, especially with France's younger guys that are just like killing it this world cup and you know that they're going to be there and they got more talent coming out of that country than anywhere else right so there's a lot of hope for this for this french side however i do want to just bring it back to to the match because both of these teams had less than 40 percent possession in their last uh in, in their semifinals. well what team will take advantage of possession play and what team can strike harder on a counterattack? Galcha. Argentina will definitely take possession because I feel like the French, they don't care about the ball because they know that they have they have big uh, factors on the wings and the counterattacks. They'll just be they'll just be okay with the, not having the ball because they have Dembele, they have Mbappe. They have someone like Chouameni who can run through the defenses if he felt like it, I feel like. And he can also create. So I feel like they won't care that much about the ball. And I feel like Argentina don't either, but I feel like they're better on possession with the ball. And I, mm-hmm. and I think there's an issue for uh, Argentina in their lineup, basically, because either they get more control in the midfield by going with the 4-4-2, mm-hmm. or they start Di Maria, who's been injured for a long time uh, throughout the tournament, where they could hurt France's defense with that left side. And I feel like if Argentina sacrifice that extra midfielder, I feel like it would be a turning point in the game that will allow... Um, France to take over the midfield and take more of a possession and more they'll feel more comfortable. So I feel like Argentina need to take control of the ball more and mm-hmm. keep the four midfielders. You so you so you you think that they should run a four four two with 
I would assume Alvarez and and Messi up top because they've been they've been the two guys for them, right? Just for the first half until like and then the second half until like 60th minute. If it's not working, bring on Di Maria to like hurt the French defense. Like if Upamecano, for example, is playing, he's a really aggressive defender, so Mm -hmm. he could get caught out. And Theo Hernandez as well, he's not as good as he is in attack as in defense. So I feel like if it's not working by the 60th minute, bring in Di Maria to punish them. Yeah, punish them. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of decisions to be made before this game, right? Because you have this, you have so much. Everyone always talks about how Argentina have so much attacking depth, but in reality, what has what has been holding them down is that midfield. You know, Enzo Fernandez has just been an insane talent, right? We have Rodrigo de Paul, we have Paredes, and even McAllister, who has been turning up in in some moments. I mean, in that last game, I wouldn't say he was too effective, but he was still, you know, he was still like producing stuff, especially if he was playing out wide in that last game. But I, I don't disagree. If, if they run a 4-4-2 and they hold possession, I feel like what, what, what you're saying with, with France and and their, their lack of possession and lack, I wouldn't say lack of care really to, to get the ball. However, you know, it, it. I think it. a lot of it might have to be a mental game, too, because France have been here 2018. A lot of these guys have already already have a World Cup under their belt. Messi, I mean, the guy doesn't really get much pressure. Like, you don't really see him have pressure, like, mentally, like, and, and, like, the way he, like, acts on the pitch. Like, pressure doesn't really seem to be a, an actual physical thing that happens to him because he can just capitalize in, in all these different opportunities. Um but if if we're talking about what to the previous conversation with Julian, I just wanted to add that 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 possession thing here. But significance wise, is it? And I mean, this is this is probably going to be a biased question, but is it more important to see Messi win the World Cup versus Mbappe getting a second and potentially starting the rest of his incredible? Well, not even starting because he's already got one, right? So his his run's been going on for some time now, but. What do we think? Do we think it's more important to see Messi win a World Cup? And this this is probably fueled with bias, I would imagine. But or or Mbappe getting a second. Which one is more important to football as a sport? I would say it's more important for Messi because of the career he's built and the legacy he has. And this is just like the final thing that he has to do. Mm-hmm. But the ghost of Maradona is still on his back. He's still <laughs> following him. I feel mm-hmm. like this is it to to finally get the true love of the Argentinian fans. And yeah. to solidify himself as a perfect legacy, perfect end off to his career, because Mbappe has a lot of time. He can he can probably win two more, maybe three more World Cups <laughs> because of this France national team is so talented, right. so right. young, and there's just more potential coming through every year. And I feel like Mbappe has time, and Messi is this is his last chance. And he's like he said, this is my last final, this is the last match of the World Cup I'll ever play. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, Messi's Messi winning would be much more important than Mbappe winning right now. All righty. Abinov. It's like uh, Peter Drury said in the 2014 final, right? The little man from Rosario with the pressure of a nation on his shoulders, right? And we talked about pressure. I think may, maybe, include, maybe outside of Cristiano Ronaldo, there's no person in this game who has been under more pressure than Lionel Messi has. Because every time this guy takes every time this guy takes the pitch, if you don't see anything but absolute greatness, he's considered a flop, right? There's eyes on him everywhere he goes. Anything this guy says or does becomes news, right? Mm-hmm. If another play, if another player, for example, does some uh, does something in a match, like he like he kicks out like he kicks out at the pitch or whatever, nothing. But if you see mm-hmm. Lionel Messi do that, it becomes a national story, 
right? And mm-hmm. I think in terms of uh, in terms of legacy, this is much more important for Messi than it is for Mbappe because, like Galcha said, the ghost of Diego Maradona will still haunt him. And in the eyes of Argentinian fans, at least the ones that I know, a lot of them don't see Messi as they, a lot of them don't see Messi and Maradona on that level because because of their of their performances for the national team, which mm-hmm. Messi has been heavily criticized for in the past. And like just until for just until recently, he he never won a major tournament with the national team, right? And mm-hmm. I think that if he wins the World Cup, it not only will it cap off his club career, but it'll fully solidify his his national team career. And I think so for him and for Argentina as a whole, it's more important but out of personal pride and out of, out of personal pride and nothing more i would love to see mbappe get a second <laughs> yes, I, was, I was waiting for some dev, devil's advocate here to think that Mb- julian go ahead see we're gonna have to talk about what's good for the short term and long term of football because in the short term what do you want you want the storybook ending you want mm. messi finally raising the world cup I'm going to be honest, if Messi lifts the World Cup this year, I could see him retiring at the end of the season because he mm-hmm. has nothing left to prove, right? Right. It's the storybook ending. Messi finally did it. Messi is done. It's the ending every fan wants to see. I've seen so many people go, wouldn't it be so nice if Messi wins the World Cup and he brings Ronaldo out? Like, it's like, I'm, that's, 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 that's oh weird. God. That's weird. But like, <laughs> but like what Jesus. I'm I've seen people say that, and I'm like, okay, that's definitely not going to happen. That's, that's not, not no do. chance. But more so, like, it's still nice to finally see La Pulga do what he can. The thing that so many people said, he can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it. After, uh, I believe it was what? What year did he quit on Argentina? I believe it was tw- ended 2018, 2019. So was tw- yeah, yeah, yeah. Quit on Argentina, retired from the national team, comes back, wins the World Cup. It's a beautiful story. And it's finally like, okay, you know what? It's the storybook ending for Messi. That's the short term of football. We're done. Yeah. The legend yeah. finally can rest. Yeah. But for the long term of football, if Mbappe wins the second, is here he is, the next coming. He, he's the guy. He is you know, him. Ever everyone talks about Holland because Holland can score goals. Cool, but Mbappe, two World Cups, is scoring goals, is competing. Yeah. And people are going to be like, this is the next guy. Like every like every generation, we had. Maradona, Maradona, Maradona. As soon as Maradona stepped down, before him it was Pele. Right when mm. Pele stopped, Maradona rose. Right after Maradona, like right after, you saw the duel between Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. And now both of them are down. If Mbappe wins his second World Cup, it's that's the guy. He's right there. Yeah, yeah. He's right there. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. He's right there, ready and prepped. So do I care which one happens? No, not particularly. But mm-hmm. it's it, it comes down to the short term or long term. Which one are you looking for in terms of the future of football? Yeah, Julian, you you make great points because this this universal debate of Messi and Ronaldo is something that I that I've been thinking about throughout this whole tournament. And it's like, listen, this has been something that has it's over a decade, right? Everyone loves to talk about the two greatest players of all time. You know, they both have their own individual Ballon d'Ors. They both have broken ridiculous records. They're they're topping all sorts of charts. Champions League. Uh, uh, domestic leagues international as well like and then Messi wins his Copa uh Ronaldo wins his Euro like these guys are pretty much neck and neck in conversation 
you can argue, you know, more Ballon d'Ors for Messi, right? Or you can argue Ronaldo with different leagues. He has, he's had more of a challenge. There is so there is an endless argument that I think I feel like brings all football fans, regardless if you're a fan of Messi, Ronaldo, or you're a neutral. There is always going to be that debate. And something that I've that I've I've said throughout this whole tournament is that the minute one of them wins, I I feel like that debate for a lot of people is over. And and that's why I was given a pretty hot take earlier in this tournament. I didn't want either of them to win. I didn't want Ronaldo or Messi to win because that debate is what brings is 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 like is the reason why those two are at the level at the, that 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 they're at. Right? Obviously, Ronaldo's a little older. He's played in a lot a lot. Uh, he's played in multiple leagues. Messi has you know has that natural ability. You can talk about Ronaldo with his athleticism, international records. You know, just there's so much toward this debate, and I feel like. For the important and and also that's not to say like listen I respect both I I I some days I like one over the other they're both the pinnacle of football and the minute you rem, you you add the World Cup into it I feel like that debate you can still have it but I feel like that debate no longer will stand as as hard as it has so in in that sense I feel like it's important you know, to consider that. And, and, and I guess you can talk about Mbappe ruining that argument entirely by winning two world cups and then, you know, going on for the rest of his career. Cause this guy's got over 10 years plus left. I would imagine um, considering at the, um, the amount he's making right now and the, the, the level that he's playing at. However, anything can happen. Julian's absolutely right. This is a perfect ending to a legendary career. If he can lift it um, the last dance, if you will, or, you know, maybe this needs, <laughs> I could, maybe I could even argue that this might need to happen, that he might have to lose <laughs> because for that debate, and listen, this is totally from a purely neutral standpoint. It's, it's a debate that has been longstanding forever. All these Ballon d'Ors, all these people on Twitter, Twitter's a hellhole for, for all arguments when it relates to football, but it's, it's that, it's that divide that has always kept standing. And I feel like when Messi wins it, or if Mbappe wins it, that debate either can go on or it can stop right there. And if you're a Messi fan, obviously you want it to end right there. You want him to be crowned as the GOAT. And for many, he is the GOAT even without this World Cup. And, and even for some, Ronaldo is. It all just depends, you know, a lot about bias and, and who you enjoy watching. On that final note, I want to get some predictions. This is the final podcast for our tournament. For our tournament, I mean, for the world's tournament. Um what do we who wants to kick us off with a prediction the last match who wants who wants to I'm, I'm not even going to choose anyone here the floor is open let's get some predictions in Avinov, go ahead uh i'll go 3-1 france 3-1 france 3-1 france the goat right the little boy from rosario with the with the nation on his shoulders unfortunately can't uh, unfortunately can't keep going any longer. The horse has run out of gas. Oh, sorry, the train has run out of gas. The, the horse's horse. legs just can't hold up anymore. Right. It's done. It's time. I said, it's done. It's, it's, it's time. Done. Three one. Is Messi scoring in this though? Yeah, he'll, he'll score. He'll <laughs> score a penalty because Theo Hernandez will commit a stupid foul. That's what I right. <laughs> okay. But no, I no, I just need this to go. I need this to go this way because when we were doing our hot takes. I said that France would repeat as the World Cup. Okay, right? all right. I, I just, I just need, I just need this one. Nothing. I don't, I don't really. Honestly, I don't care who wins too much because I don't really have a full stake in either of these teams, right? But for personal pride, 
I need I, I need that French flag race. Alrighty, that's the first one. Three one. Abinov says France. Dylan, World uh, Cup gonna final. To, I'm gonna have to go with Argentina. As much as I don't want to say that, because as you guys know, I'm a Ronaldo fan. I also need Mbappe to win, so that that could <laughs> make me still stand. Um, but even just, I don't want to base my prediction just off of last game. But even then, France's both both of their goals came from deflections, whereas Argentina pretty much just ran through Croatia. So I think that Argentina does have the advantage on them. And I think Argentina wins 2-1. Two, 2-1. Two, and the GOAT contributes both times? Or the or you, does actually, I don't even know if I could say GOAT in your case. Yeah. But <laughs> the, does Messi score? I think Messi scores, yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, that's a pretty safe prediction. He's pretty much been involved in every single goal. Yeah, so pretty that's, much. That's not too far off. All right, who's next? I'm going to go. So I started off the my predictions. I made a YouTube video. And I made a prediction that Argentina would win. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is the moment they do it. 1-0. Messi will score. I think there's going to be a mistake from Upamecano covering him <laughs> wrong. I'm sorry, Upamecano. I don't hate you. But... <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. But then I feel like Messi's going to score something, something special. Something outside of the box in the bottom right corner. Mm-hmm. 65th minute. That's 65th. He's going, he's going direct. I love it. I love it. Okay. So going one nil Argentina. Gaucha thinks that the legacy will end happily. Julian, what do we think? So this is, this is a big world cup. You know, obviously we, I think everyone's like, well, no, duh. That's what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half, Julian, come on. Um, but Oh, it's so hard to give a prediction here because I see this game playing out in so many different ways. That's the thing. But, you know, I think I think a lot of people think that I'm an Argentina hater. And, and I know that for a fact. And, you know, I have my gripes. I have my gripes. But <laughs> let's say I'm going to give Argentina a 2-1 win over France. And I don't think Messi scores. I think he gets one assist, but I don't think he scores. I think this is the Julian Alvarez game. I think he gets a brace in the World Cup final. Wow. This guy, like everyone talking about Messi. Yes, he's been amazing. But literally, who's been the only other person really to score for Argentina? Alvarez. He has Mm -hmm. scored, I think, in every single knockout game. I think he scored in every single one. This guy... I'm expecting a good finals performance from him. I'm going to say he solidifies a brace. And I think that that's just how it's going to be. Just a just a heads up there. 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. But it's with the brace. Argentina finally lifts the trophy. And even though the GOAT debate might be over between Ronaldo and Messi, it won't be over in Argentina because they're going to be like, oh, Alvarez scored the two goals, though. He won us the tournament. And it's Because <laughs> I already know that's how people are going to be. I already know. There's always something. There's always something people can nitpick, and that's just that's just the reality. Vince, I'm gonna let you give your prediction last. I'll I'll go ahead of you because I want to hear what you what you have to say. Of course, I think because we've seen, especially in the last game, these teams don't really like throwing everything forward. I don't think it's gonna be that high scoring of a game, and I do think it's gonna be one zero. And I do think it's going to be from Kylian Mbappe. And I do think France are going to take it because I, I don't know, like some, 
and, and it's not because I don't I don't think and it's not because I, I want one team to win over the other but listen I want this go debate <laughs> to go as far as possible and I want it to be a forever thing when we look back at these last two decades of football and I do think that this I feel like it's just I just don't see I'm gonna see I I know that there's gonna be some good chances but I do think that Mbappe will take it for France. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I don't think there's anything going to be more. Somehow Mbappe is going to get, I mean, somehow Messi is going to get stopped in this last one. And uh, and we'll definitely see what happens. I think Mbappe takes, and I think he's going to become, he's going to solidify himself as one of the one of the greatest of all time. Vince. <sighs> and we, okay. need, we need a prediction, okay? None of this <laughs> avoiding the score, okay? We need a prediction. Okay, so... I know I'm a, I'm a big France supporter, you know. Everyone wants me to be biased here. We got Messi on one side. Can he solidify the legacy and the GOAT debate? Even though, I mean, to be honest, as a Real Madrid supporter, I do think Messi is the GOAT. It hurts, but it is what it is. Um, or will Mbappe add another World Cup? become probably the most hated person on the <laughs> planet <laughs> if France win will everyone turn against them so with that all said once again I'm not gonna be giving a prediction oh I don't care what God. you say Pat oh my God. <laughs> I cannot give oh a God. prediction with my team I'm just gonna be <laughs> real with you I'm just in look we got Argentina France rematch of Last year's round of 16, two of the best teams at this tournament, and we're in we're in for a ride, you know? We're in for a thrilling ride. This is going to be a really fun match. Regardless of the outcome, I hope everyone comes away happy. I mean, of course, if Argentina <laughs> lose, that's half, that's the world, <laughs> half the world is going to hate France. But, you know, I'm, I'm just in, excited for this match and can't wait for Sunday, man. I mean, the the no predictions from Vince have helped him for the last two pods. So, you know, maybe he can get all the luck he can. However, Galcha has been pretty on point with his predictions as well. So anything can happen. Julian, some final I, I, some final remarks. I already know that in Vince's head, he's sitting at home singing uh, the Ramilaku a la maison. All day on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I already I, I can't wait for this guy to drop his second one hit wonder, which is just this song, except for yeah. players of this year's team. Yeah. I'm very excited to see if that happens if France wins. Yeah, well, regardless, this has been quite a tournament. There's been a lot of upsets, a lot of players stepping up to the plate, a lot of disappointments as well, a lot of nations showing that, you know. You can't overlook everyone. There are a lot of good teams here, and there's a lot of players here to stay for the rest of their careers, right? It, I don't really know how else to end this. This is going to be an incredible final. This is France versus Argentina. This is the end of one legacy and the con the additional contribution to a already incredible legacy in the 23-year-old Kylian Mbappe. It's going to be a fantastic game. This is the World Cup final. It doesn't get bigger than this. The biggest match of these players' careers. All is on the line. Tune in on Sunday. Will we have a post-final uh, post post final podcast? Maybe? 
I'm mean, gonna be watching the World Cup in an airport. So no, I mean, like, <laughs> not during the game. <laughs> Live feed. We, me on we the may plate. have, we may have, we may have a post uh, World Cup. Maybe recapping some of our favorite players for moments. Team we of the could, tournament. Yeah, team of the tournament. There. Exactly. Uh, thank you to my guests for joining us in this uh, in this final podcast. For those who have been in all the other podcasts, Maurizio and and others who could not be here. You know, this has been an incredible tournament. A lot of content coming out of the intermission. Proud of everybody. This is going to be a final, and we should just enjoy it for what it is. And also, the third place match is going to be exciting. That's on Saturday. It's the day before, so we still have a lot of football to play. Fellas, thanks for joining us. Listeners, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Intermission Podcast. Take care.